Hello. Welcome to Waldman's Words with Emily Burke. Jed Fuchs, my name is Scott Waldman, and we have drummer slash fellow Adobe radio host Darren Pfeiffer on, and his show is called Dangerous Darren, and I am scared. Woo! You should be scared, man. You really should. Talking to drummers, you never, never know what you're going to get. Uh, you know Frank Zumo, so you know the animal that is the, the professional drummer. So you should, you should be scared. That guy can compete with the Energizer Bunny, but this is not about Frank or other drummers. Keith Moon is not important today. It's about you. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate the intro, and I'm glad to be here. Back-to-back, Waldman and Darren, for two hours. If you're listening on Adobe, I apologize. <laughs> I mean, we got to start mashing you guys together, possibly calling you Fife Man or Scarin is okay. Waldfer. Like, okay, that's pretty good, too, actually. We'll come up with the rebranding at the next uh, marketing meeting. It's Dangerous Darren and Not-So-Dangerous Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fully benign Scott. If you only listen to the uh, Waldman's Words podcast or you only turn into Adobe Radio live at 4.59 Pacific Standard Time on Tuesdays, then you might not know that Darren's show runs right before Waldman's Words every single week. And Scott was on Darren's show right before this episode is airing if you're listening live. So if you don't like Scott, this is a very bad day to be on Adobe yeah. Radio. Uh, but Sorry. Darren. Anyway, Darren. Let's yes, get sir. to the beginning. Were you born in North America? I was born in Buffalo, New York. Oh, oh I thought you were born in Canada for some reason. Damn it. I well, it's still North America. America. It's still North enough. America. Why did you? I know, but but, but that's why I said North I'm, I'm aware, okay. Jed. That's okay. why I said North America. <laughs> yeah, I was born in Cancun. It's technically North America. All right. Is Central America, North America? Is Mexico, is. North America? Okay. Mexico is. I think is South America starts at, 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 no, I was there separate. Jed, stop correcting me. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I went down to Panama a few times and played some shows, and there's a road that goes from Panama City south into Colombia, and the road just stops. I was on my my map in my hotel room one, one night, and I, I asked the promoter, "I'm like this road that goes towards Colombia. It just seems to just stop about you know maybe 75 kilometers." to the Colombian border. What's going on with that? He goes, yeah, it's a big joke here in, in Panama. Uh, we're building this road to go to Colombia, and the Colombian government found out about it and told us to stop. So the road just <laughs> goes into the jungle towards Colombia, and it just stops. They said, yeah, you can't have a road into Colombia. Please stop. Which makes you think, before you start a gigantic construction project like a freeway, you might want to call the neighboring country and go, are we cool? <laughs> Sounds like my experience on Columbia Records. <laughs> it was a road to nowhere. <laughs> wow. Yeah, too soon? Poor Columbia. I have <laughs> not seen records. Darren, Buffalo, New York. A yes, land known for its many, many foods, I want to say. And this the Goo Goo Dolls. And the Goo Goo Dolls. Well, wow, okay. Right. Yeah, dear friends of mine. Uh, well, now talk to us about your upbringing there. Did you have any uh, musical influences in the house growing up? I had a lot of musical influences in the house growing up. My mom was really into the Beatles and Elvis, and uh, she liked a lot of like brass music, like Tijuana Brass, and, and a lot of music out of Mexico. My grandparents were into classical music and jazz. My older siblings were into like pop stuff, like you know, the Cars and 
And I, I got into metal. I got into hard rock. Early, my first love was Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and Van Halen. Uh, so the hard rock stuff I listened to, and then that quickly transformed. As a single digit youngster, you were listening to Sabbath. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I was listening to Weird Al. I love Weird Al too. Of course, I mean we had MTV, so it it was all over the place. And Madonna and Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie and all all the stuff you saw on, on MTV at that time, but. I gravitated towards the heavier, little little heavier stuff, and then and then I wanted a, you know like how pot is a gateway drug. I wanted a heavier, so I went into Metallica <laughs> and Slayer, and then and then I got into Napalm Death, and then I got into punk rock because that was an easy transition sideways into into punk rock. So um, yeah, it, it was all over the house. Music was all over the house. We had instruments, we had trombones, flutes, drums, uh, guitars, all kinds of stuff to play with. Well, the trombone would come back to haunt you later in life, but the drums, (laughs) was that, was that your first instrument aside from the recorder? Cause I don't count that. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Yes, it was. The snare drum showed up and we banged on it. Ha ha. That was fun. And then everyone kind of quickly lost interest in it. Uh, I didn't, I I brought it to my room and would play along to the songs with just the snare drum. And then I started to learn about rudiments and what, what, what they were and how they were important to learn single strokes, double strokes, five stroke rolls and paradiddles and flams. And I just got involved in that. And, and that got boring pretty quick, about three months, four months. I'm like, this, this kind of sucks. You know, seeing drummers like uh, on, in the magazines with big drum sets and cymbals everywhere. I, I wanted I wanted more. And I saved up in mowed lawns and delivered newspapers. And next thing you know, I had enough money to buy a piece of crap drum kit. Dang. I think if you started with a great drum kit in the beginning, you'd be an asshole. <laughs> Probably. Right. So yeah, I started with a drum kit. My, my family wasn't stoked. I have three brothers and a sister, so it's a big family in a big house. They were not stoked. They're like, why is he getting a drum set? This is brutal. And my mom well, was did, like... Did they play mom, any instruments? Your my, sister played, my sister played the flute. She was really good. My brother played guitar. They were into, like... My brother was into folk music, like Simon and Croft and, and uh, Simon and Garfunkel and that kind of stuff. My sister was in a classical music, but the drums were overpowering. You can play a flute yeah. in a room and not disturb anybody. You can play a guitar in a room and not disturb anybody. But when you're playing drums, the whole house knows it. Oh, yeah. And uh, this, was the, this was the era that they started locking you in the basement, right? No, it was in my room. Uh, but I, I quickly, you know, to my credit, I quickly got, got good. And the family were like, they still went from you're an annoying piece of crap to, hey, Darren, you're able to play these songs pretty well. You're getting good. I'm like, thanks. They're like, you still, you're still loud and annoying, but you're getting good. Yeah, that part didn't go away, but it's just talented now. No and, respect. Exactly. And now, are we talking like, uh, you know, like end of middle school, beginning of high school era? Is this when you started coming into your own as a drummer? Probably around 12 years old. Wow, that's incredible. And this is generally the part of the show where we ask if you started or joined any fun bands in middle or high school and what their embarrassing band names were the, the yes i did i joined a band a metal band called beyond death hmm. that's not bad that's not and bad beyond I mean, death it's, it's it's definitely was like, it was anthraxy it was metallica e it was you know thrashy um and the, uh, i and now i'm getting older and older and was in that band for a little while i was in buffalo and so i had to commute go to buffalo about 40 minute drive where i grew up from just outside of Buffalo to go rehearse and play shows. And I was, I had a leather jacket. I had long hair. I was doing drugs. I, I was a skid for sure. 
So like the early eighties big four scene, that kind yeah, of stuff. Like mid, early eighties to mid eighties. And then by the time I got out of high school in eighty eight, uh I quickly wanted to move to Buffalo and be in the band full time, which I did. Uh the band broke up, reformed as Cannibal Corpse. Wait, wait, real the real Cannibal Corpse? The real Cannibal Corpse, yeah. The oh. band that broke up, added a few other new guys, and then they called themselves Cannibal Corpse. At that time I, I packed up my stuff and moved to Los Angeles. This was ninety one. Damn, bro. <laughs> quick, quickly drop that one in the in the mix. Just yeah, a quick a gut of, punch. Some of the songs I mean, I literally on Cannibal Corpse record were songs I, I played on. Well, I just I just Googled Beyond Metal Cannibal Corpse because I had no idea. And it says Beyond Death. I'm sorry, Beyond Death Cannibal Corpse. Beyond Death was Alex Webster and Jack Owens band before forming Cannibal Corpse. And the original lineup and your name is there. So holy magoli. Bro. Yeah, it's it's a funny it's a funny story because as I transformed into LA and learned about the culture and and eventually met John Feldman, everyone knows who the great John Feldman is. He didn't think I was a good drummer. Like I worked at Starbucks, he used to come in and see his friend and ask me questions about music and ask me about about eventually asked me about metal. And we used to get into fights because we got into, our first fight was he thought Dave Grohl was the best drummer on the planet. Again, it's 1992. <laughs> he thought Dave Grohl was the best drummer on the planet. He goes, "What do you think of Dave Grohl?" I said, "Dave Grohl's a decent drummer." He goes, "Dave Grohl." He got mad at me, pointed in my face. He goes, "Dave Grohl's the best goddamn drummer on the planet." <laughs> I said, "Whoa, take it easy, psycho. Uh, he's really, really good." He's like, "Oh, I guess you're better than Dave Grohl." And I'm not trying to like sound like an arrogant fuck, but I, I probably am a better drummer than Dave. Grohl. Yeah, top wise, technically speaking, uh, I'm probably a better drummer with, with my experience. And he goes, oh, he got so mad at me. He, he wanted to fight me. He got red. He's like, you you probably suck. Fuck you. I hate you. And I'm like, dude, you're a psychopath. Well, then he came and asked me about metal one day. He goes, Darren, do you like metal? I go, yeah. He goes, do you like Vinnie Paul and Pantera? Again, 92, Pantera were huge. And I said, yeah, I love Vinnie Paul and Pantera. Who doesn't? They're awesome. He's like, let me guess. You can play all that double bass stuff, all the metal stuff. I go, of course I can. And he goes, you're the best drummer in Los Angeles. I looked at him and I go, you're a dick. <laughs> And he just and in a demo, uh, a gold, early Goldfinger demo, which wasn't Goldfinger, it just had John's name on it, his phone number, landed in a pocket of one of my co-employees at Starbucks. A guy named Pete, hippy dippy drummer, good guy. And he goes, "Yeah, I got this demo. It's not really up up my alley. You might want to check it out." I took it home, cassette tape, mind you, again ninety ninety two, popped it in, played it. Uh, it had like miles away on it and it had anxiety and some other songs that would eventually find it their way on the first Goldfinger record. Blown away. Completely, fully, utterly blown away. I this was exactly what I wanted to do. And I called John up. I'll never forget it as long as I live Scott. He goes, I go, hey John, it's it's Darren Pfeiffer. And he goes, what do you want? <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. Uh I go, hey, I got your uh demo tape from Pete. And he goes, oh wait, wait, I just have one question before you go into this because this is important. Was Electric Love Hogs done at that point? They were done. Yeah, they were about a year and a half done, two years done. Okay, thank you. Just just for people listening, that was Feldman's band before Goldfinger, and it was kind of like funky metal, if that makes sense. I think sense. the word you're looking for, Scott, is terrible. Oh. <laughs> I think the word you're looking for is just god-awful, just terrible. It's I wasn't using an adjective. Metal. We made so much so much fun of him. I mean, it is, it's not terrible. It's It's funk. It's like Chili Peppers meets, I don't know, terrible. 
I mean, it's just <laughs> wait. What was the suicidal tendencies funky side project called? Infectious grooves. That's what it reminded me of. Yes. Yeah. So now they broke up, uh, and then John always had this punk thread going through him. He said, um, which I, I fully believe, knowing John's history now. And then he started. He wanted to start this new band, which had no name, and made he made a demo. Got into Pete. Pete gave it to me. I called John. John goes, "What do you want?" I said. Got the demo, and he goes, oh, and I go, I am fully and completely blown away. Like a light switch, Scott, John became my best friend overnight. From so what? That's why, that's he's like, oh, my God, we should jam. We should jam. We were rehearsing at an old, dingy rehearsal studio downtown Los Angeles called Downtown Rehearsal. Wait, 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 but I learned that's all it takes in Los Angeles in the artist community is to be a fan of someone and vocally express that, and then they just fall in love with you because you love them. Yep. And he uh, invited me over. I learned the five songs. I sat down with Simon Williams. It's just Simon and John. That was it. There was no Charlie. There was another guitar player, but he had a, a drug problem, so he was unreliable. So, And the band wasn't called anything. It was just John and Simon and five songs. Sat down. I played them all the way through, and they said, you're the only drummer that learned the songs. Everybody showed up and said, yeah, 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 I know them, and they did and I was, I guess I impressed him because he begged me to join the band. He got in his hands and he's, please join this band. You have to join this band. And I was still a little like John's a dick kind of a vibe. I don't want to be in a band with a guy like this. Um, but I knew I had to quit the band I was in, which was a side project from Weezer. Um, Jason Cropper from Weezer, who was the original. My name is Jonas. On the first record. And then he got kicked out of the band during the recording process. Started a band called Chopper One and some other stuff with his wife. And I was in that. Uh, and it wasn't tickling me, quite frankly, but this new incarnation that was eventually going to be called Goldfinger did, and that and the rest is history. Wow! Yeah, that's so cool. So I mean, John just continued to write like one amazing song after another. Uh, <laughs> the guy, uh, me and him, don't see eye to eye these days, but man, oh man, can he write a song? Well, I want to tell you something. Uh, I started playing guitar in 94 when I was 13 because bands like Weezer, Green Day, and Nirvana. But I started playing bass about a year or so later, and the very first song I ever played um, live on bass was Here in Your Bedroom, the very first one. Yeah, that's a good one with all the modulation, all the movement. It was awesome. It was, yeah. it, it's where, you know, the bass is, is the lead instrument, it's the lead it melody. Is. And, um, you know, John Feldman got a kick out of that, and so do you. So I'm two for two. Oh, actually... Uh, Kelly Lemieux also got a kick out of it. You talked to Kelly? I'm not on this show, but back in the day, believe it or not, there was almost a time where I almost uh, managed him for solo stuff. Oh, wow. But I, I don't. Kelly Lemieux. Yep. Kelly played bass in Electric Love Hogs. And then when Simon ba uh, Williams, our original bass player, left the band, uh, Kelly wasn't uh, a natural fit uh, to jump, come and, and, and join. And he is a phenomenal bass player phenomenal top three in music right now i'm not making that up he is so good like uh, does he play buck cherry still he does he does yeah and they're playing shows actually i went to their website last night i saw that they were flying they're playing a show tomorrow in florida or i guess this month whatever i don't know when this uh actually i knew when this is gonna air it's gonna air um, on tuesday uh they're playing shows in florida i mean florida what oh. red state rock band is not playing shows in Florida right now? I, almost wanted, I saw the dates. I saw the cherry dates, and I almost wanted to call uh, Kelly and go, dude, really? Come on. Ew. Yeah. Are they opening for Kid Rock? No, they're opening for COVID. 
Yeah, right. That's funny. The big That's breaking down That's the funny. show. Yeah. The thing is, is that COVID's always the headliner because yeah. steals the show. Well, that's the after party. Steals the show. Oh, God. Yeah, we should start a band called COVID. That'd be hilarious. Uh, yeah. Although we're going to get a lot of that in the next couple of years. Not just songs, but definitely bands. I mean, television shows already uh, put COVID into their claw line. I had to stop watching a show because I finally hit where it hits COVID. And I'm like, I don't want to watch this I don't yet. Watch it. Come on. Like, I'm still living this. It's going to come to a time in the next year or year and a, year and a half where instead of bands from the stage, are going to say, let me see your hands. Or me, let me, let me, you should wash your hands. <laughs> Wave those hands in the air. Remember and then when hit them we with some just let a, a lot of strangers just blow their spit on our birthday cakes? Yeah. Memories. So, uh, Darren, actually, you told me this off camera, but you weren't dangerous until COVID came around. You used to be called safe. So what catalyzed that? I used to be called what? I'm sorry. Safe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I, I'm getting older now and I'm, I'm getting more dangerous. Now, now, wait, well, I'm, I'm going to bring us a little bit back. I'm going to rein us in a little bit because we're actually moving towards the end of the first segment of the show. And I want to make sure we've got the full background before we get more into modern era. You high school, the band high school ends. You are like immediately full time music. Did you attempt to go do further education in music? I no. I went to college in Buffalo and studied communications and anthropology for a oh, year yeah. and a half. And then I uh, also went to Buffalo State College and studied broadcasting, radio broadcasting. They had a radio station. So I had two radio shows there that I was uh, programming and, and, and help, helping put together. Uh, and that was around the time that I just couldn't stay in Buffalo any longer. It was 91, early, early 92. And I just had, I had to get out. So I never finished my, um, my college education. That sounds like a plan. Wait, how did you get through the booking for Waldman's Words? We require a BA. Yeah to be a guest on this show you fucked us i lied on the application so. ah that okay. masters isn't real i mean how do you well, prove it? It? yeah now i need a masters holy moly well you yeah. said you had a masters wait how do you prove it yeah like anyone could say they just got like undergrad at harvard and you could just believe them you know i was going to use that as an example technically they're supposed to because my wife works in hr go back and check but they never do. But they never do. Yeah, I have a I have a master's from Yale in fucking Armenian <laughs> philosophy, guys. I would yeah. imagine about half of the HR staff or HR world does check, and the other half just says, "Screw it, I like this yeah. guy or I like this girl. I'm going to hire them." Yeah, this 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 kid's got moxie. Exactly. Yeah. That's more important. Yeah, if they're is, if yeah. they're smart enough to lie about having gone to Harvard, that's someone I want on my team. <laughs> Now I'm starting to realize maybe I should start lying about going to Harvard. That'd be rad. Mm, I went to Harvard at the same time with Rivers. We were classmates. Better late exactly. than never. Well, yeah, what's Harvard going to do? You know, come well, after you? Well, <laughs> well, that's the beauty of going to the University of Hartford in Connecticut, which is many tiers down of a school. But if you say it fast, you could convince someone that you went to Harvard. Yeah, oh. with Harvard. Oh, you went to Harvard. 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 Yeah. <laughs> We try to be that. funny at least three times on this show, Mr. Dangerous. It's been three or four at least, so you've hit the quota. Wait, 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 wait. Earmuffs? I like this guy. He thinks I'm funny. He's pretty good, huh? Yeah. Let's keep him around. Yeah, I wonder if you're so, talking about me. So, okay, we're yeah, back. Bear. <laughs> so, Dare Bear. Bear. 
Yeah, I like I like I that. I'm gonna start giving him giving him little nicknames. You so you totally have a background in radio. You tried to gloss over it, but you were you were a radio nerd 20, 30 years ago. Um, yeah, I was back in the uh, WBNY Buffalo State College radio days. Yeah, and then I had a short stint at UB University of Buffalo doing jazz radio for free. They needed someone, so I'm, and I lived right across the street for a little while. So I was like, I'll pop in and play some jazz tunes. That was fun, but the love was always there. Radio love was always there. And then when Goldfinger got popular around 2002, I moved to Toronto with my uh, first wife and became a Canadian citizen and started working at a station called 102.1 The Edge, which is Chorus Entertainment, the K-Rock of Canada, basically. Oh, dang. I got a job right away and excelled fast in the station and did really, really well and loved every minute of it. It was a family. It was a community. This is when terrestrial radio was still still had a pulse, unlike now where it's dying a really painful death. Uh, I thought it was dead. It's not dead, but it's close. It's getting there. Yeah, there's but there recently in Canada, Bell, uh, Bell Media, which is one of the two gigantic media conglomerates up there with Rogers. Just fired a whack of people in Toronto and Vancouver, and everyone's freaking out. Like, well, that get your shit and get out, and you have thirty minutes. We're well, was eighty nine X a part of that? Because I went to school forty five minutes from Windsor, Canada, in um, Ann Arbor, and the big rock station there was actually Canadian based. It was eighty nine X, and now it's a country station. I don't think the Windsor radio got affected. It was only Toronto and, and Vancouver, BC. But uh, yeah, radio, terrestrial radio, as we know it and love it in our, our early days, yeah, is, is dying pr- pretty, pretty badly. People want on demand. People want Adobe radio. They want they want Waldman's words when they want it. They want yeah. dangerous when they want it. They don't want to let you go car and turn the radio on. They don't want to sit at home and ter- tune in a transistor radio. As much as it's uh, a vehicle of my youth and something I'll always love, uh, it, it's it's sadly dying and podcasting and media on demand is the future. Yeah, to like prove the point that it is dying. I've never even heard the term terrestrial radio before. Oh my God. Why do you say that on radio? the air? Don't you <laughs> Emily. This isn't a show about honesty. It's a show about words. Terrestrial. Yeah, there used to be this thing called analog. There used to be these things called wires back before everything was just beamed directly to the Elon Musk chip in my skull. <laughs> but that's why Scott asked about Canada. It's all coming together that now. That made sense. I wasn't it just saying it. I, I know that Canada's part of North America. <laughs> I was fleshing out his background. <laughs> yes. But so is Mexico, which was my only I'm point. just saying it's <laughs> But... So that's after all that you made the leap to to the Los Angeles. Canada was like get out, and you were like, "All right, time to make." The no, leap. I I missed I missed Los Angeles a lot. The band Goldfinger was like, "Hey, were you ever going to come back and, and live here?" And and I had a girlfriend that wanted to get into music, and so we both kind of moved to Los Angeles. And I tried to get her music uh, signed, and it, that unfortunately didn't work. But I, I, when I, once I got back to to the United States, I realized wow, how much I missed. United States and how much I miss Los Angeles. Canada will always have a very close part of my heart, uh, especially the city of Toronto. But and uh, you know the free healthcare for life doesn't hurt uh, yeah. either. Having that in my back pocket. But um, LA is where it's at. I mean, it's sunny every day. It's beautiful. Great food. Good people. Liberal vibes, and I, I love it here. Yeah. Well, we're actually gonna 
close segment one, the liberal portion of the show, and get to our true conservative beliefs <laughs> during segment two. And you know what? I think that maybe this is the time where we could close the John Feldman and Goldfinger chapter and then go right into what you started doing in L.A., including the Dangerous Darren show. Yeah, and maybe talk a little bit about punk rock karaoke. I would love hey. to talk about that. In fact, we could we could actually talk it in song and just sing it to each other. <laughs> Kumbaya, my lord. Punk rock I, style. What, what would the punk rock version of that be? Kumbaya? Oh. That would be the porn version. <laughs> I guess. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and listen to a, some songs and ads from Adobe Radio. Thanks to Darren for being here on the show. We will be right back in just a few minutes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Waldman's Words. We have the amazing Darren Pfeiffer on the show today. Hello, Darren. Hello. I don't know about amazing, but thank you. You're correcting her right away. Just trying to find the laugh wherever I can. I am amazing. She's absolutely correct. I mean, you'll learn very quickly with this show. I'm always right. It was a hard lesson for and Jed to learn, but now we're here. You know what? You, and by you, that you, logic, anyway. She's right, guys. I mean, I'm married. Happy wife, happy life. It's absolutely true. The, the woman is right 99% of the time. Happy that's, co-host. Wonderful co-host. Yeah. Happy co-host, the, happy show. That's a very true truism. There are some forms of sexism we engage in here on the show, and it's <laughs> elevating women above us. And some means one or more. So technically, yeah. we engage in all facets of sexism on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask what you could do for misogyny. Ask what misogyny could do for you. <laughs> See? I never you know, it's been feeding us for a long time. Anyway, punk rock karaoke, Darren. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah, punk rock karaoke is Greg Hudson from Bad Religion Circle Jerks, Stanley of the Dickies, the late, great Steve Soto, who uh, passed away a couple years ago from adolescence, and he was replaced by Randy Bradbury from, the Pen from Pennywise. And every now and again, Eric Melvin from NoFX will jump in and play a show with the band. And I've seen them play many times and gone to their shows and it's got up there and sang a Bad Brain song or a Descendant song. And I just thought it was so much fun. I got the call around 2015 to, to play. And I'm like, oh, I'll fill in. I'll jump in. And he's like, no, no, you got to join the band. Uh, they had uh, Derek O'Brien, who was the original drummer from Social Distortion. And uh, they parted ways. And I jumped in 2015. and the best part of this band is it's four guys I've always loved and known for my, my, my whole life, or in punk rock at least. Everybody gets along famously. There's no drama, no arguments, no fights. And that's because we don't have a singer. Uh. Now, Scott, you've been in bands. You know what it's like. And I'm not trying to crap on singers, but they're a pain in the, pain in the ass. I'm not going to dispute that. They can be a pain in the ass. So, no, no, no. Uh, Obviously, there's exceptions, but... There's a reason why, you know, like he's got lead singing disorder is act actual term. Yep. LSD. It's a thing. And <laughs> this man doesn't have that. And we just go around the world and play uh, shows. We have about 80 songs, uh, Black Flag and Misfits and Dead Kennedys and Clash and other, other punk rock hits. And we have people come up and sing them with us. It's punk rock karaoke. And it's a blast. Every show is different. Uh, than the one before. You never know what you're going to get uh, versus, a, you know, when I was in Goldfinger, we had the same set for years on end. It caused, it did cause problems. It caused, it caused fights and caused drama. Like whenever you wanted to change something, you know, certain people were like, no, let's just leave it the way it is. I'm like, 
It's so cookie cutter. It's boring. Fuck. Uh, but this band is is a, a blessing. It's so much fun. Four guys that respect and get along. No drama. And uh, we go around the world, play some shows, make a couple bucks. It's win, win, win. Well, I just want to say that the very first Warp Tour I went to was 1998. And on that tour, I got to see Rancid. I got to see No Effects. I got to see Bad Religion. I also got to wow. see Punk Rock Karaoke. Interesting. All right, cool. Yeah. So hey. the very first Warp Tour I went to, I saw and I was like, this is a cool concept. I wonder if in 20 plus years, I will have the future drummer on my radio <laughs> show. <laughs> well, back then, it was Derek O'Brien, uh, but but that was before my time. That's when Goldfinger was just was going bananas with world tour after world that tour. That was hang-ups era, Goldfinger. It was, yeah. We we toured. We had a world record that year, I believe. We, we, we did 385 dates in 365 calendar days. Whoa. We had... Two, we had three-day shows where we do a morning show at the radio station. We do a matinee at, in that city for the under uh, all ages and then a, and a regular show at night. Three shows in one day. We At that time, we had been to Japan many times, but that was our first trip to Japan. We flew to Japan, and instead of getting acclimated to the time zone and the culture, we landed and went right to the venue and played. And that's that's unheard of. I mean, you got to give the band time to relax and get settled in. We didn't even go to the hotel. We that's technically right stupid. It yeah, was really, wait a minute. But our management did sell it to us. Like, guys, it's going to be gnarly. You're going to land. You're going to go right to the whole venue. You guys okay? We're, and we were in our 20s. We're like, yeah, let's do it. Sure. Yeah. Wait, yeah I, I just want to a... get back to punk rock karaoke. Have you ever played a bar mitzvah? No. Um, <laughs> not my time in the band, but I think they did before I joined. Because Max is currently one, and I'm just thinking about the future, because in L.A., you probably got a book that 11 and a half years in advance. <laughs> Uh, we're open for it. Sure. Why not? I mean, yes. why wouldn't you be me first? And the gimme gimme have a live album from a bar mitzvah. So two, two of the guys in punk rock karaoke are of the Jewish faith. So I've, I think they'd be into it. Oh, perfect. So just pop open your calendar for a decade from now and we'll pencil something in. No, there's no fucking pencil. This is Sharpie, dude. You're digging. <laughs> but watch in. Max be yeah, into like. Pencil has an eraser. Wait. Pencils do have erasers. Sharpies will never disappear. And to answer what Emily said, I don't give a shit what he's into. It's the bar oh. mitzvah. It's for the parents. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. Are you going to get a little like backlash? Like, is he going to hate you for being like a cool rock guy? And he's going to get into like, smooth jazz. Backslash. <laughs> but well, Darren, what uh, year did you start with punk rock karaoke? It was 2015 I got the call to join the band. Okay, cool. So the relative yeah, modern era. I was the end of the Obama administration. Yeah. I was thrilled, to be honest, because uh, I knew Steve Soto. Again, he passed away two years ago. Mm. Uh, but I, I knew Steve Soto. I saw him at shows. But I, but I had the, the uh, joy to, to, to be in a band with Steve Soto, uh, the great Steve Soto from the Atlas and um, Manic Hispanic and a bunch of other bands. And uh, and Greg Hudson, of course. I've known Greg for years. We're gigantic Kings fans. We go to games. We hang out. We talk all the time. Um, and then Stanley uh, from the Dickies, who uh, I got, who has become one of my best friends. Uh, it, again, it's just a, a band of, of good people with zero drama, and that's unheard of. I mean, Scott, again, you've been in bands. You know what it's like. It's 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 at times very difficult to mesh together personalities, and sometimes oh. there's clashes. And uh, this band has none. Wow. And 
you're calling Scott out himself because Scott has actually been the singer in a couple of the sure. bands he's been sure. in. So. No, well, I mean, not the city. The, what's the city drive? I play bass and sang backups. Lido Beach lead singer. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was an asshole during that time. I can tell you. Yes. Just such an asshole. Well, at least you're admitting it and, you know, moving in the right direction. Well, that's the first step to recovery, right? So um, we glossed over this too, but as you know, you brought up Zumo earlier. You used to actually fill in with some 41. How did that happen? I got asked by Derek um, to fill in for a handful of shows while Frank was unavailable. I think he was doing stuff with Cruella or or Street Drum Corps or something. He was just unavailable for a bunch of shows. And they were like, my first show was in Columbia, uh, Bogota, Columbia, in front of 80,000 people. That was That's my a first. hell of an audition. Uh, those I were could, the days. I could only see, I could only see maybe twenty thousand of them because there was a sea of people. But uh, I've known Derek and Cone for and Brown Sound for a long and Tom for a long, long, long time. We go way, way, way back to the very beginning when when they were uh, up and coming and Goldfinger took them on tour and then they blew up and they took us on tour. We went everywhere with them. We went to Japan. We went to New Zealand, Australia, all over Europe, all over North America including Mexico and uh, <laughs> played some great shows. And then w- when that dare called me, I'm like, yeah, of course. Cause he knew I had the chops. He knew I was able to, to get it done. And it was a, a handful of shows and it was a, just a blast. Cool. Oh man. So you guys were like back and forth. You had already known each other from the GF days. And when it, they needed someone, they already knew you. Yeah. I, I, re- I remember them when they were, they they were just a band called Sum Forty One that no one had ever heard of. They just got signed and they had a song <laughs> lip and they played radio shows with them. And I knew who they were from again being tied into the Canadian music scene as tightly as I was even before I moved there. That was um, when so, Gob was bigger than Sum Forty One. I'm sorry. That was when Gob, Gob was bigger than Sum Forty One. Yes, they were. And Trouble Charger and other punk rock bands out of it. Yep. Or Canada, at least. Sorry about my dogs. No, we welcome dogs on the show. Now uh, your dog just has to reveal the name of his or her band in middle school. And then there's yeah. a- <laughs> It's the Yorkie. She's the worst. Daisy. Her name is Daisy. Aw. We love her. Uh, so I knew those guys from, from, uh, from, from their incarnation to where they were today. Uh, and so when Derek called me, I was like, absolutely, brother. I'll be there. I'll be- Let me know when and where. Well... It's also around this time when you started, you know, the Dangerous Darren show. How did obviously you had real radio experience, unlike the Waldman's words people, am I right? So tell us about how that happened. And obviously, you are on Adobe Radio literally an hour before me every single Tuesday. So I'm always your sloppy seconds. <laughs> you're, you're batting cleanup. That's how I look at it. I got on base. And it's your time. It's your turn to bring me home. And I fuck okay. it up every week. <laughs> That's a much nicer analogy. <laughs> I was in the radio, obviously in Toronto and uh, in college, and in the transition, I wanted to move back to LA and get into radio. I got hired at iHeart Media. Uh, they didn't have an on-air spot, but they had a producer spot and a board board out. So I was recording the people that were on air, putting their audio together making it time perfectly and, and then putting it on air, uh, which was fun. I could do that. Sure. Uh, but my goal was to get on air. And the guy uh, who shall remain nameless just refused to put me on air, no matter how many people came, screwed up and left. Jeff Bezos. 
It was Jeff Bezos, actually, yes. <laughs> and uh, he just wouldn't put me on air. And eventually, I just I had to leave. I like I can't be board op producer rest of my life. I need <clears throat> I need to do radio. So it was at that time I I got in touch with Mike Carrera, uh, who would play bass and Goldfinger, and said, "Can you get me in touch with Adobe?" He did, and uh, I did a pilot for them. Tom and <clears throat> Eddie loved it, and the rest is history. And here we are, five years later. And, you know, almost 250 shows deep uh, and a bunch of sponsors that have come and gone and continue to come, come in. I'm, I, I got Liquid Death now and I got Merge Four Socks. Sailor Jerry's Rum is coming on board. Dr. Ooh. Martin's uh, Shoes is, is coming on board. Wow. And it's, it's, blown, it's, it's doing really well and I'm, I'm really happy with it. And the whole vibe was just I wanted to be, uh, it to be a show where me and my co-host, T.S., uh, who is also a touring veteran, uh, sit around on a bus after a show or in a dressing room. And you know what it's like, Scott, after a show, before a show, everyone's shooting the shit, having a laugh, telling jokes, taking the piss. The, the comedy that comes from that, in my mind, is gold. I can't count the times I've been backstage at, with Goldfinger, Sum 41, Punk Rock Karaoke, and we're just laughing and laughing and laughing and telling jokes after jokes and just taking the piss. And I'm thinking, why isn't this mic'd up? Because this uh, is gold, so natural I decided to put a mic on it. Because it's natural right. and comfortable, and then by starting your show, you ruined all that comfort. Thank you. So, <laughs> yeah. well, are you familiar with? Um, I don't know if you see these, but the NFL has started miking up some of the players while they're on the sidelines, and it's the funniest thing ever. And I feel like if people started doing that, well. People are backstage or on the sidelines. I think we could get some gold. I mean, that's how we discovered Morgan Wallen, everyone. Oh, <laughs> exactly. You'd get some gold, Emily, but you'd also get some, uh, some, brown. Get some audio that you'd be able to use. True. True. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be careful. So, so I'm going to kill you. I quit the band. Fuck you. You're going to get but but I really I don't I honestly don't know this. Sometimes I ask questions just because we're amazing hosts and we know the answer, but we want to hear you say it. But I don't know anything about TS. Let's go. Can you go into him because he might not have the forum? Yeah, TS has a show, his own show, when I do. It'll be called the Cool Nerd Weed Show with his friend Sasha. And TS has a history in cannabis. He had his own shop in Venice for a number of years before it got shut down, and he still works in the cannabis industry. Uh, during reviews and, and, and buys for, for some companies. So he's, he's still involved in the cannabis world professionally. Uh, but me and T.S. go way back to the Buffalo days. We were on a skateboarding team together, um, semi-pro skateboarding team. We'd go to competitions and, and compete called the Kenmore Brotherhood. And uh, skateboarding was a, a big part of my life, still is. I don't do it as much as I used to because I'm 115 now. But um, 116. Yeah, next oh, this year I'll be 116, actually, in June. <laughs> June 7th. So the uh, so so to T- TS uh, Goldfinger went on tour and did their thing. TS went on tour with Rancid. He went on tour with Social Distortion. He w- as a tech. He went on tour with No Doubt and Gwen Stefani. He went on tour with with, with Rancid for a number of years. He, he he's boss tones. He he's got so much experience uh, in in teching with these. Uh, and Joe he did Joe Sturman and Mescaleros for a number of years. Oh wow! Uh, he's got incredible experience, and he's just a He's um he's quiet. He's a little more um beta to my alpha. He's a yin to my yang, and it and it works perfectly. 
the the show was originally supposed to be Charlie Paulson, the Goldfinger guitar player. But Charlie is an alpha personality, and I think we'd clash. So I decided to go with TS. Yeah, right. You need a good flow. Scott's the boss around here, and then Emily and I, you know, being You're not to supposed him. to say that. <laughs> Oops. And then we jazz him Next back and forth. And sometimes he brings his son Max out, and he's like the real boss. He tells Scott what to do. Honestly, such a bossy guy, and I don't understand a fucking word he's saying. <laughs> Accurate. Like most bosses. Fun fact I was in your good man, Charlie Brown, and I was Charlie Brown. I was 13. Ooh. Anyway, wow. happiness is finding a pencil. So, pandemic Adobe are prior to that, were you going in and recording or were you still doing it at home? I only did one show at the Adobe Studios, and that was with Matt Pinfield when we had Matt Pinfield on. And uh, I mean, records in my home studio and with TS coming in and now we're social distancing. So I bring him in through Skype um, initially. And then he uses a program called audio hijack and he sends me the files. I link them up in pro tools and it sounds like we're right next to each other. There it is. Well, we would actually for Waldman's words, which if you're listening live on Adobe radio is next, but if you're not, then it's next in your podcast queue. But basically (laughs) We we would actually record in the studio every single time. So it's been about a year since all three of us were in a room together. I'm not even gonna say in the same room. Like yeah. we saw each other once outside since. So Yeah, wild times, man. And thank God for Adobe Radio and shows like yours and, and Cooler We Show and of course Dangerous Darren because it gives people something to look forward to. You have amazing guests on and amazing chatter with Emily and Jed and, and it seems to be working and people thank god for content like this because people need it they need Mm -hmm. something to look forward to they need something to get them through their their day Uh, i'm not gonna shy away from admitting that i have good days and i have bad days Mm. Uh, every now and again i'll I'll just be like what's the what's the point of getting out of bed today like you know uh you know but then i have days where i'm like hyper optimistic and just want to record 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 and write and record and get stuff finished and Uh, This pandemic has really taken its toll on a lot of people. Mm. Thank God for internet radio. Thank God for Adobe. Shows like Waldman's Words. I I was going to say thank you before you re-mentioned shows like Waldman's Words. So I'm going to thank you twice. Thank you. Thank you. And for the record, we we are grateful, we as a planet, to shows like yours. You talk to some big names with even bigger resumes. And it's very, very, very impressive. Anytime I see just your list. And so I know that I'm one of the older guys at Adobe, as are you, but you age gracefully while I cry every morning. So thank you for that. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, it, it, and I love the community that we've built here at Adobe. And I finish my show every week with propping your show up. And Emily is really nice to send me information, sometimes several weeks in advance. So I know I can just click on her email and see who's next on Waldman's words. And, and uh, I think it's a community. It's a, it's a mutual respect community uh, at Adobe and we all care about each other and promote each other. And Eddie and Tom have done an incredible job of building this station to where it is today. And I'm really proud to be part of it. Well, I'm impressed that you got 
freaking Cato Kalin on your show. So there are, that's where I am right now. Well, if you want to talk to Cato, I'll hook you up, man. Look at my list. And if there's anybody you want, cherry pick them and send me a note. Hey, Darren, do you, can you get me in touch with Kiefer Sutherland? Hey, Darren, can you get me in touch with um, Tony Hawk? Can you get me in touch with Adam Cole? You know, I'll send the note out. Uh, I'll do my best. Can't promise that they're going to come on, but uh, I'll do my best to help. Well, if you were true music industry, you would make an empty promise. Right. Oh, okay, let me rephrase that. Dude, I promise I will get you Tony <laughs> I promise I will get you Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> Perfect. There we go. I'm great. Yeah. They're booked next week. Thanks, Dan. I got some great lessons. I got anything more from you. I got Serge Tankin from uh, coming on the show. I got Ooh. Frank Stallone, uh, who is Sylvester Stallone's brother. Yeah. Coming on the show. He's a singer. He's a crooner. Don't He's ask a- him, you know, what he thinks about shootings in Florida. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, shit. Why? Uh, crisis actors are words he has used. Oh, Ooh. no. Sorry. Well, we know. I'm smart enough to not ask him because then we'll get into a fight. I don't want to fight with my guests, but that sucks. Very interested. Now we got to listen to that episode. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to be feverishly listening just to see if Dangerous becomes Glenn Beck. Maybe I'll ask that question later on in an interview. So, so Frank, we're going to wrap it up now. I hear you're a nut job and think that school shooting. <laughs> I hear that you um had an argument with David Hogg, who survived a school shooting. Please talk to me about this. We have thirty seconds. <laughs> yes, we're running out of right time, before, Frank. Gotta go. Bye. It's right before the show ends. Well, speaking of the speaking of the perilous Pfeiffer show, also known as the Dangerous Dan Sh- Darren show, what? is you know post this covid world what are your plans in general for expanding outward do you have plans for the show to expand it upward are you going to get back with uh your music projects what's on the horizon for you especially as things start to change up again i want to build this show as big as it can get i want to you know swing for the fences i mean uh, i and and do it with 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 adobe of course because Tom and Eddie have been like family to me and TS and, and uh, onwards and upwards and musically. Yeah. When we get back at it, punk rock karaoke, we'll play more shows. We'll, we'll go on the flogging model cruise. Like we do every year. We'll play punk rock bowling. Like we do every year and, and onwards and upwards. But I, I've been spending a little bit more time uh, in this pandemic, getting my record label, which we didn't touch on called high four recordings. Always um, the bridesmaid, man. There's always, you're, just, you're always going to have a Chloe Kardashian. <laughs> I just signed a band called 666, which is like uh, a play on words, like S-I-K-S-I-K-S-I-C-K-S, 666. Great uh, girl-fronted band out of L.A., very punk rock, very whole. Like whole, if whole were punk rock, basically. Uh, it's like that. Uh, another, that's another what we need right now. Punk rock band out of Toronto that sound like the Toy Dolls meets the Dickies called Black Rainbows. Nice. Uh, Why is race an issue? A country band, a country artist named Rochelle Harrison, who's just incredible. Uh, so I've been getting more involved in the label side of things and publishing and licensing and sync. And it's, it's, a, it's a, a hat that I've worn. It's a, it's a knife in my Swiss Army knife, and I've been flexing it a lot more lately. Bro, yeah, you tried to slip that in at the end. You tried to not talk about it. That's exciting, man. And you're going for a really eclectic lineup. That is not all one genre. 
No, I mean, I like it all. I like EDM. I like pop. I like country. And again, that that harks back to the earlier conversation with my grandmother into country or into um, classical and jazz and my mom into Elvis and the Beatles and my, my yeah. brothers and sisters into all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, I, there's really no type of music that I, I don't like. I don't understand hip hop these days, but I don't I don't not like it. Oh man, yeah. Outside of the pop world, there's such a such a wide variety of new new gold coming out in the hip hop world. But dang, dude, you, you're a pretty well rounded fella, ain't you? Dang, Darren. I try, I try to be. I mean, I've been on the planet uh, long enough to hone certain skills and bring on new ones. I'm always learning to expand. Uh, I've got into video editing. I've learned Final Cut Pro. Uh. Every day I'm learning a new skill on that as far as putting videos together. And that's something we've been doing with Punk Rock Karaoke. Every week since the pandemic started, roughly, I guess, I think we started in April. We've been releasing one video a week, usually on Friday or Saturday, with a high, high profile guest singing one of our songs. Like we had right. Trevor Keith from Face to Face on. We had Ray from Teenage Bottle Rocket. We had Moby, Mark McGrath, uh, right. Will Wheaton, the Will Wheaton from Star Trek and, and, um, Big Bang Theory is going to yeah. be singing a song with us next week. Bro, so much glossing over. You got cool shit going on. You had on. Jason from Strung Out, right? Jason Cruz. Yeah, we had him on. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. and where is all of that available? Where am I looking for that? Any punk, punk rock karaoke social. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's all up there. Every week we, we release a brand new video. We called it. We started calling it the Corona Oki. Uh, exactly. Bro, and how about uh, we're getting near the end of the show, sadly. So I want to hear uh, where I can find everything. Uh, Punk Rock Karaoke everywhere on all socials for those videos. Punk Rock Karaoke, yeah, on all socials or originalpunkrockkaraoke.com is the website. Yes, websites still exist. Mm. Um, and for the Dangerous Darren show, I mean, it's so weird when, when we do radio, we talk about artists and people on the show, guests we have on the show. I mean, at this point, in time, guys, do we really need to give at like at blah 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 and www dot blah blah blah? I think people can use Google and figure it out. So if I say uh, the dangerous Darren show, sorry, I don't think anybody listening on this show is going. Where do I find the dangerous Darren show? You didn't tell me the web address. Yeah, not to use Google these days. What PO box am I supposed to be sending in my box tops to? Just factoring in cash. <laughs> All right, you're you're correct. I believe in the in the smartness of both our. I don't. I don't at Sometimes all. You I think you need to spell everything out, Darren. I think you're off base. Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being a show, loser. <laughs> you can catch at Darren Pfeiffer at Darren Pfeiffer, and then just everywhere else that you can find all his projects. Look up punk rock karaoke. Fucking do just it yourself, man. What could go look wrong? Up dangerous Darren show. Stop being stupid. All right, I'll what help you it? on this. At Dangerous D underscore show, Twitter, Instagram, at Dangerous Darren Show uh, dot com. Yes. Uh, I'm on Instagram, just one word, Darren Pfeiffer. It's pretty simple. I just followed you. The Fife, the Fife dog. We got to pay the Pied Pfeiffer. Oh, boy. Oh. Ah. You're waiting to the end for that one, right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Waldman's Words here on Adobe Radio. You are either listening live on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific on adoberadio.com or on the Adobe app, or you are listening to us as a podcast wherever all of your favorite podcasts are found. Our fearless host and leader at Scott Lewis Waldman at Lido Beach on Twitter. 
our incredible co-host at Emily Burke with three E's and totals on all of the platforms. I'm your other co-host at Jed Fuchs everywhere except for TikTok where I'm at Jed the Fish and Twitter where I am still suspended. Karen Pfeiffer, thank you so much for being on. It was a pleasure. I'm glad we finally got around to doing it. This was a lot of fun. Thanks. I'm so happy.